welcome back to another episode of the Hitchcock Minute. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1959 Alfred Hitchcock-directed thriller North by Northwest, one minute of screen time per episode. My name is Travis Bowe from Watchmen Minute. And I'm Eric Nash from Almost Famous Minute. Oh, and I guess I would be, what was I for the show? Uh, Professor Robert E. G. Black from many, many shows. Welcome, Professor. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Glad to have you. And I should take a shot, because that's what I did for the show. Nice. Oh, oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. Of course. Okay. I have been. I have been listening, but as as we mentioned, <laughs> as we mentioned in the green room, I was like, Robert, have you done any of this? It's like, yeah. Mine were a long time ago. Long time. Well, everyone, take uh, take eighty nine shots for minute eighty nine, which starts with Roger describing Eve's work ethic and ends with Roger wondering about manslaughter. <laughs> So yeah, we uh, we begin uh, with uh, the kind of the last of the insulting jabs uh, from Roger about uh, Ms. Kendall. Yeah, I missed him be a dick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, because they they slept together on the train, right? It was implied. Yeah, implied. Okay, fifties style. It was totally happened. Yeah, yeah. So he's basically calling her a whore right here yeah. with the uh, throwing her whole. You know, saying that she puts her heart into her work, in fact, her whole body. So he's 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 implying something, and and just being hurtful. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I main maintain that he's just been nasty this these last few minutes. Yeah. With the way um, I just said blank on his name. Cary Grant plays Thornhill. He doesn't seem much like an emotional person. So I, this scene doesn't quite work for me because it doesn't seem like he's actually that bothered except that he is being rude in the dialogue Uh he's still got that same stoic i'm barely bothered by this whole situation look going on okay yeah i did i mentioned how i you know when he first walks into this room and he's kind of storms not storms but when he walks up to them he has he has every reason to blow up and be emotional but he he's right. really been very controlled the last few minutes. Um. Yeah. Uh, and with what with the uh, reference that uh, you, you just made uh, uh, between the two of you, actually. But um, uh, you, I I want to say it's a there's a little Han Solo ishness to it to him. I mean, I, that that maybe that that's what Harrison Ford was could have been drawing from. Maybe hmm. even uh, this kind of attitude. You know that that yeah. I mean, deep down he cares. He he's he's wounded. And he's just gonna. It's gonna be. It's gonna come out in as you as you as you, as, as I think you said these uh, jabs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. But otherwise, yeah, he's gonna keep a keep this pretty even keel. Type yeah. Of. He's like a duck. Smooth <laughs> on the surface, you know, but crazy underneath. But but what's a duck? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. So we have uh, the auctioneer saying, you know, sold to Mister Van Dam at seven hundred. And uh, I like how James Mason plays this moment where his focus is split between Roger talking about Eve and, you know, still the revelation of them spending a lot more time together than he may have realized. Um, and also he's focused on the auctioneer informing him, you know, of, of winning this bid. Yeah, it's it's actually similar to the script in that way, because the script were on page 115, by the oh. way, in case you don't have it. Um, scene 124 the script is in this scene is divided into two columns 
everything the auctioneer says is word for word in the left column. Oh, that's fun. And then this scene with Thornhill and Van Damme and them is in the right oh. column. And so they wrote out everything ahead of time, even for the auctioneer, which is interesting because you barely hear any of it. Sure. You just hear when it comes back in, when it affects Van Damme because it says his name. Mm-hmm. It's nice that the scene is going that way. And yeah, he's divided his attention as well between the two things. But, however, there there are other times you hear the auctioneer when it really doesn't have anything to do with the story, at least yeah. seemingly. I mean, maybe under the surface, maybe there's something going on, but it's it's just that there's no one else talking. So yeah. really, they're cutting it cutting it uh, down in, in the mix. Because it's almost like background music. Yeah, yeah, like white noise. Yeah, almost. it's certainly not as loud as what they're normally saying. And I love Roger's, you know, Oh, Mr. Van Damme, just the, like, <laughs> like a card has been played that, you know, that Van Damme didn't want to play yet almost. So yep. it's a nice, Roger feels like he has the upper hand now in some way, but it's like, you really, you know his name, but you didn't really, you know, until you can f- figure out who Van Damme is, you, you still have nothing. So you still have to get yeah. out of the situation to to use that knowledge so yeah and i did i did i did accidentally say either last minute or before even <laughs> that, that i thought i thought it had happened then mm. momentarily and, and I'm, I'm pretty sure we're keeping that in the in the edit <laughs> yeah. um that, that's certainly fine with me but um but uh yeah this is where it really happens and and yeah that that he finally has that one little thing one up on him <laughs> he, he he certainly enjoys it's something he's been after you know there's been yeah, this, it's not there's, much. There's been this whole he's other, finally got something. Yeah, there's been this whole other mistaken identity issue for him essentially that <laughs> you know and and, and to and, and the fact that Van Dam was portraying himself as the Townsend person and uh, he finally knows. But yeah, it doesn't seem like much and probably won't be much. But he'll take what he yeah. can get. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't really been above any of these people so far, so. Any movies get, but then Van Damme's response is awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He he okay. essentially lays out these three different uh, these roles. He, as he says, you're, you're he overplayed your various roles, mm-hmm. and uh, he lays out the three different ones. The Madison Avenue man claims he's been mistaken, which is the truth. <laughs> uh, and then right. then you play the fugitive trying to clear his name of a crime he didn't commit, which is actually also the truth. Um, yeah. And now he's playing just the not fugitive. the right fugitive. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And now, now you play the peevish lover stung by jealousy and betrayal, which is also the truth. Also the truth. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, he actually kind of just plays his roles well, so well and severely because they really are. <laughs> things are happening to him. Yeah, they're they're they miss the mark, but they're on the board. Yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> um, I looked up peevish because you know it's a word that I've definitely heard but it's not a word that is commonly used anymore i think no um, just means easily irritated especially by unimportant things which is funny in this line then because which jealousy and betrayal are not unimportant things right i like the shot on that line too because they have it's on leonard yeah and his eyes like go from thornhill to van damme and then down to eve mm-hmm. as he's figured out what van damme is talking about well that kind of adds to the the idea that maybe there's something going on between Leonard and Van Damme and how he 
is a jealous, you know, he's mm-hmm. jealous of, of Eve and maybe adds a little bit more to that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's how he plays Leonard. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then there's actually even this uh, fourth role that Van Damme didn't know he was talking about. Uh, Van Damme says, it seems you fellows could stand less training from the FBI, you know, and that's, you know, that's his take on who, uh, uh, Thornhill is that he, right. that he is this Kaplan uh, spy character person um, from the FBI and and uh, and that's the one thing he has wrong. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't Kaplan be more likely to be CIA anyway? Yeah, at this point, I mean, yeah, CIA was pretty new, <laughs> like really, really new at this point. Mm. Yeah. Or what was it before CIA? Because I, I do like the really like the movie really well. Um, uh, that deals with that, the forming, the creation of the CIA, the um, um, oh, crap, uh, good, the good soldier, good shepherd, shepherd. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Isn't it like yeah. the CIA doesn't operate inside the country, whereas the FBI does, yes. or something like that? Like it's a. That's what's supposed to yeah. be. Yeah. <laughs> I like the. He continues. You know that they they could have learned, could have learned more from the actor studio. Yeah. <laughs> which is just it's a nice you know like I, I i wasn't really aware i first off i wasn't sure like you mean that actor studio <laughs> you know the one that we're all thinking of um so it is it, it's it's the the inside the actor studio tv show you know obviously is is about the actual or is in partnership with the actor studio which is a real institution you know it's been around since it was 1947, uh, founded yeah, by exactly. Elia Kazan, Robert Lewis, and um, Cheryl Crawford. I know uh, Elia Kazan was, uh, I know his name the most out of those yeah. three. Oh, yeah. You know, he was the director of Streetcar Named Desire, On the Waterfront, yeah. East of Eden, and a bunch of other things. And, and also, like, he's the grandfather of uh, one of my current favorite actresses zoe kazan yeah definitely check out some of her movies she was uh, i guess one of her bigger roles recently was uh in the the big sick yeah Um, she's on an hbo show right now okay the plot against america Mm. she's one of the leads yeah i really dig her so you mentioned the TV show inside the actor studio, but then in researching that, what you what you just went over, uh, um, actor studio as as the institution, as the uh, there there's actually there was the TV show back from forty eight to fifty, okay, <laughs> just a couple years uh, called Actor Studio. Mm. So not 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 inside, sure. <laughs> And it was just a, uh, but it was something the general public would. Know. Yeah, right. That, oh, okay. That's probably what people, how people knew knew about the, uh, the institution. Okay. I would. Yeah, say. there were the the just the the list of names of people trained at the actor studio: oh, yeah. uh, Marlon Brando, James Dean, Paul Newman, Marilyn Monroe, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Dustin Hoffman, Steve McQueen, Martin Landau, who's standing right next to Mason as he's <laughs> talking about the yeah. actor studio. Uh, Shelley Winters, Jane Fonda, Ellen Burstyn, Harvey Keitel, Jack Nicholson, John Aston, and many more. Nice. It's a good list. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, then uh, so Roger responds, you know, the only performance that will satisfy you is when I play dead. And I love 
Van Damme's response, you know, oh, your very next role. <laughs> It'd be quite convincing. Yeah. So, so this line to me really reminded me of something that's not, you know, I don't, I, I'm not sure if it's like the, the, the cadence of it, the, the, the timing kind of, of it with the princess bride. <laughs> okay. With, n- near the end between Wesley and Prince Humperdinck and kind of, it's, I, I kind of want to put him in the Prince Humperdinck role. <laughs> I mean, I think that the, his lines from that, you know, the, you know, when, when Wesley's saying to the pain, and Humphrey's saying back, I don't think I'm quite familiar with that phrase, you know. <laughs> and then his his later couple lines of, and then my tongue, I suppose. I kill you too quickly for the last time. A mistake I don't mean to duplicate tonight. So it's just kind of this bad guy stuff, but it's also, I, I don't, like I said, the cadence or something about sure. it. Hmm. I love how subtle and calm that this, this you know, actual threat to Roger's life is. It, it's yeah. very matter-of-fact. Yeah. And, well, and I think Van Damme's over Roger getting something on him. Yeah, like thirty seconds earlier already, and it he's back in control. Yeah, and it feels even more sinister, I guess, because while he while Van Damme is saying that Leonard is walking around and just just piercing Roger with his you know creepy mm-hmm. creepy blue eyes um, for much longer than is comfortable. As he's walking, I, I presume to go handle their uh, item that they just bid on, maybe. Yeah, because he uh, he basically leaves the the scene. I, I think a little bit could could be also he could be taking care of something else as well at the same time, which we will see next minute. <laughs> mm. And then this it's this entire time, Eve has is just perfectly you know frozen almost frozen solid for this for most of this minute and and it's it seems like she's trying not to have any reaction at all to these men who are to either of them yeah, yeah and it's it's got to be uncomfortable uncomfortable because you know at, at the beginning they're they're talking about her and on, so on one level it's just uncomfortable being talked about and on another level they're talking behind her and above her basically like because they're standing, you know, she might be able to see parts of them in her peripheral vision, but, you know, without turning her head, she can't look at either of these men. So it's just a, it's just an uncomfortable position to be in. Yeah, they, 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 could, they could be holding hands behind her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're having this conversation that's kind of menacing towards each other, but. They could be, yeah, yeah. be yeah. making faces at her. <laughs> But no, but, but yeah, her, but you're right. Uh, uh, you know, her face. You know, I mean, it's she. She does stay awfully still. But there are points when we, when the camera does focus on her, and and you know, her eye movement is is awfully good in in relation to I think what what's being said. Mm-hmm. We have some more auctioneer speak. Um, nothing. I don't think anything of of import. But uh, Roger, no. Roger wonders what subtle form of manslaughter is next. <laughs> they haven't been very subtle <laughs> yeah let me just fly a plane at you yeah get him drunk and stick him in a car on a cliff mm, yeah just fly a plane at him they aren't subtle yeah the only other thing i would point out is uh the uh great the great eyeglass holding uh acting oh <laughs> like, oh for waving, sure waving and waving around <laughs> yeah well yeah because when he's nervous he holds them very still mm. Mm. But then he immediately starts swinging them again. 
And it's like, ah, oh, he doesn't care. Yeah. When the auctioneer indicates, or, you know, calls him out, he he almost uses the eyeglasses as a signal to the auctioneer of like, okay, I, I I've heard you. When I don't know, I don't remember if the movie like last minute made it clear, but the script makes it clear that Leonard is supposed to be the one taking care of the purchase. Like he, that's why he's away from them a little mm-hmm. bit. But yeah, visually it looks like he's just he almost signals with the glasses, but then he freezes. For a moment, as Thornhill finds out his name, and then immediately starts just playing with the glasses again. Yeah, because it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's just his name. Robert, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Uh, you can find my various podcasts and my blog, other things at lemmingdrops.com or on social media. I'm Robert E. G. Black. Very cool. Listeners, you can find the Hitchcock Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play or at the main site, HitchcockMinute.com. And on social media, we're at The Man on Washington's Nose on Facebook and on Twitter at Hitchcock Minute. So why don't we come back tomorrow and find out what sort of manslaughter is on the menu. Till then, I've been Travis Bowe. And I was Eric Nash. Bye, Mr. Thornhill, wherever you are.